it's National Horse Day. And that can be a difficult one to celebrate, unless you have a horse. So my friend Joy, who has a horse, is going to be on the show. Yeah, it all works out. <laughs> this is Today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Sunday, December 13th, 2020. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Well, as I mentioned, it's National Horse Day. I'm not going to get, you know, deep into the horse... Uh, Wow, I could really go wrong with that one, can't I? I'm not going to talk about horses uh, just yet. Um, I'm going to save that for Joy Lanzaro. She's a mediator, and she's also a huge horse lover, the biggest horse lover I know. And uh, she's going to join us in just a little bit to talk about how we can celebrate National Horse Day, the history of the horse, and how training a horse can be like, in a way, um, getting through a conflict. Yeah, it, it's really cool. So uh, she'll be talking to us about that in just a few minutes. I do have one quick horse story to tell you, though. See, you know, when you're a parent, uh, your kids always want to hear a story. Every single night, they want to hear a story. Uh, that can be very hard, especially after a long day at work. You get home and the kids want to hear a story. So what I used to do was take old Mr. Ed episodes and just pretend that I made them up. And those those were the stories uh, that I told them, uh, complete with voice and everything. And uh, it, it worked out. Uh, they didn't know until later on when they saw Nick at Night. And uh, I guess they maybe thought that Nick at Night had stolen from me. Eh, well, you know, what are you going to do? All right, more about horses later. But right now, we've also got to tell you about some of the other national days today. It's National Ice Cream Day today. And you know, we talk about horse training and how that can actually help you in mediating a situation, negotiating with people, things like that. Well, ice cream can tell you a lot about your personality. Yeah, I was looking at Stanpack. It's a company, they distribute ice cream, they pack the ice cream, they get the ice cream to the stores, basically. And they've got all these articles about uh, ice cream on their website. And I found this one. It's a personality quiz about ice cream. So for instance, vanilla lovers, well, they're pretty impulsive. So if you're a vanilla lover, you're pretty impulsive. Strawberry level lovers are generally introverts. That's interesting. Chocolate lovers, they're flirtatious. Yeah. So if you see somebody that you like ordering chocolate, maybe, you know, uh, they're going to flirt with you. That, that could all uh, work out. Maybe if it's strawberry chocolate, they're not going to come up to you, but you could go up to them. See, this, this is how this works, I guess, right? Uh, mint chocolate chip, they're argumentative. Now, I take offense to that because I am a mint chocolate chip fan, and that really upsets me. Oh, wait. Um, I guess they're they're right. Uh, Rainbow sherbet lovers, they're pessimistic. Rocky Road lovers are aggressive. Coffee lovers are dramatic. Yeah, coffee-flavored ice cream. You see, I drink coffee a lot, but I don't think I'm really that dramatic. I think it's the ice cream maybe that makes you dramatic. And and lastly here, um, chocolate chip lovers are generous. So there you go. Uh, you can pick your flavor and uh, make sure that that uh, lines up with your personality. Maybe, you know, you didn't know these things about your personality and this whole test just, you know, blew your whole mind. And you're like, oh my God, that's why I'm so whatever I am. There you go. Figured it out. It's all uh, related to ice cream. Uh, you know, another thing today, it's National Sales Salesperson Day. Yeah. So if you're a salesperson, you probably uh, should get that aggressive ice cream, right? Get in there, really get that deal, <laughs> you know, close it up. Uh, it's also National Violin Day today. And uh, I'm not sure really what ice cream uh, violinists would like. Maybe, uh, you know, they can just play whatever they want. They can be the vanilla lovers, uh, impulsive. I don't know. 
there you go. It all works out. All right. It's also the birthday of the National Guard. The National Guard is part of the reserve components of the United States Army and the United States Air Force. There's about 450 or so, so thousand people in the National Guard. It started on December 13th, 1636 in Massachusetts. So happy birthday and thank you for serving. All right, let's take a look at our events for the day. And we start in 1975 with an episode of Saturday Night Live. It was the premiere season of Saturday Night Live, and they were looking for all these great hosts. They wanted to bring viewers in, of course, you know. And one that Lauren Michaels really wanted was Richard Pryor. Now, I talked about this the other day on Richard Pryor's birthday, but I've got to bring it up again because Lauren Michaels actually threatened to quit if they wouldn't allow Richard Pryor as host. Well, he did become host, and he did it on this night, as I mentioned, 1975. It is one of the greatest episodes of Saturday Night Live, one of my favorite episodes. All of those are streaming online right now, so you can check them out on the Peacock uh, app, and I think on Hulu as well, but uh, I've been checking out the Peacock app lately. So, yeah, <laughs> this episode, uh, there's some really... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, scenes, I guess you'd say, skits uh, that would not make it on the air today, specifically the word association with him and Chevy Chase. Uh, yeah, there's no way that would <laughs> make it on the air today. But oh my God, it is so funny watching Richard Pryor uh, just do his thing and getting fired up and just being more and more and more upset. It is hilarious. So please do yourself a favor. Check this out. It's one of the things that you can do to celebrate the day. Go do that. All right. And this was also the day in 2000 where Al Gore conceded the presidential election to George W. Bush after all those crazy things that happened in Florida. We have a whole episode on this, and I'll put a link to that in the description so you can go listen and learn more about the 2000 presidential election if you haven't heard it yet. All right, coming up next, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be learning about horses from a person that knows them very well. <laughs> She's always with her horse, Gallardo. And uh, we will be talking to Joy Lanzaro. Unfortunately, we will not be talking to Gallardo. He will not be able to join us for the podcast today, but uh, maybe we'll get him on a future episode. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back and we will talk with Joy on This Is Today. <music> Welcome back. So it is National Horse Day today, which, you know, you may not know how to celebrate National Horse Day. I know somebody that totally knows how to celebrate National Horse Day, and that's Joy Lanzaro. She's a mediator and a lifelong horse enthusiast. Hey, Joy. Hey, Russ. Hey, so how are you going to celebrate National Horse Day? I think one thing I'm going to do is give my horse a big hug and big old fat kiss on his little muzzle. And maybe an extra few carrots there, too. Perfect. He deserves it. <laughs> he totally does. So the horse, people think it's a pet. It's just it's like your cat. It's like your dog. No, a horse is not like that. Uh, you and I have had uh, conversations about this in the past. Yeah. More than just being pet, you know, the horse-human partnership was instrumental in shaping geographic boundaries. For example, Asia and the wars that were fought in Asia. And right around the time just before and just after, so the time BC to AD and a few hundred years AD, we're talking about the Mongolians and the nomadic tribes of Asia. 
and the Huns were expert horse people. And this gave them a distinct advantage in invading other territories and taking their fight Mm -hmm. right up to the doorstep of the Roman Empire. The advantage that the Huns had were a few things. Their horses were extremely resilient. They could survive in very harsh conditions. They were very fast. They were very hardy. They had extremely good endurance. This allowed the Huns to engage in battle year-round through winter, ice, snow. The Huns were known to be expert horse people. Folklore has it that they were able to ride before they could walk. I'm not sure if that's exactly true, but... And again, I I feel like we think of war, we think of uh, weapons, but it's well known in history that the quality of literally horsepower and the ability to harness the power of the horse and that horse-human partnership was fundamental to having land and territory and and conquering a nation. A lot of people understand how well your troops are trained is really probably how well you're going to do in the battle, but it's also how well your horses were trained and bred. Absolutely. What I've understood about the difference between the hardiness of the Mongolian horses and the Roman horses were that the Roman horses were fragile and were basically unable to withstand big degrees of of change from their uh, normal environment. And so this was something that was a drawback when the Romans went to go up against the Huns. There is a quote, it was, uh, horses are the foundation of military power, the great resources of the state. But should this falter, the state will fail. And that is attributed to someone named Ma Wan, who lived between 14 BC and 49 AD. So that partnership was there. And again, you know, we, of course, think of horses as being partners in agriculture and, you know, recreation. But uh, like, I just really want to focus on the fact that early in our world history, you know, these nation boundaries were really drawn on the backs of horses. So, okay. So back then we had horses that ran the military essentially. And then, you know, now we have the invention of tanks and, you know, all these ways of moving troops around. A hundred years ago, people were riding around in horseback and then the Model T came out and everybody started getting cars. Where do the horses fit in? In recent times, I'd say over the last 50 years, humans have come to understand that horses can be agents to connect us with our higher nature. And when I refer to our higher nature, I refer to our ability to access empathy, trust, and connection. That's what really excites me these days, you know, as a mediator. The fact is that everything that we do with a horse from the moment that it is born is a negotiation, is an establishment of trust, and then a request to maintain that trust throughout the life of that horse. I believe that humans who endeavor to establish trust with that horse and to maintain trustworthiness throughout the life of that horse and that partnership are better humans as a result. Yes, horses may have started out as agents of war. But I believe that the negotiation that happens 
when we're training horses, the empathy that's required to understand the horse's perception and what we need to do to help that horse understand what's being asked of them mm-hmm. and the give and take uh, that happens when we're training horses. It facilitates growth and development of human qualities. And I, I'll just reiterate again, I believe those human qualities are qualities of fairness, empathy, and trust. And, uh, and so I believe that human horse connection is 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 just as relevant today as it ever was. So that's the interesting thing to me about, you know, you're you're training a horse who could totally overpower you, <laughs> who could do whatever they want, right? I mean, they're they're strong. You know, you raise an excellent point. Horses have the ability to hurt us um if they don't trust us. Mm-hmm. And when in captivity, horses do require human interaction. They require veterinary care. Uh, and by virtue of the fact that their teeth and hooves are constantly growing, they will require farriers to come and trim their hooves or equine dentists to come and file down their teeth. So and living in California, you never know. You may have to load one in a trailer and evacuate. So, yeah. you know, right. so, so it is, it's not possible for us to simply have a horse and say, enjoy the back 40 and never touch them. Right. When we're interacting with horses and in all fairness to them, we have to be able to negotiate terms where we can take very good care of them and, not get hurt in the, in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as with any good negotiation, you start, you know, you always want to start out hopefully with, with a a common ground, someplace where both parties can agree. I mean, a lot of horse trainers these days, you know, breed horses or whatnot, you know, they'll do imprint training. So the minute that the foals you know, legs hit the ground, they'll be in there with the mare, you know, touching the foal and, you know, uh, getting it used to human touch. Um, But when you're training a horse, you know, and you're exposing it to new circumstances, just like with any negotiation, you want little agreements. You may not be able to get to the main objective, which is this goal that you may not be able like even in a negotiation you come to the table and maybe you have something in mind and the other side has something in mind and the two sides may have you know very or maybe very far apart but you start out with little micro agreements and and a good negotiator may have in their mind okay you know um i i'm gonna break down this big goal into smaller micro goals and there's if if i'm able to achieve the smallest step in the direction of that main objective i'm going to uh i'm going to maybe reward let's say when you're dealing with a horse there's reciprocity in a negotiation whereas okay you give me this 
I give you that. You have that interchange be- at which uh, fosters goodwill. So maybe you're, the other side takes a step towards you, a little step, but you can recognize it that at least it's a step in the right direction. Well, same with horses. That little step in the right direction gets rewarded and you reciprocate and you maybe take a step in the direction of the other party. Okay, well, with horses, it's pressure and release or however you want to reward your horse. And it begins to foster goodwill. It begins to foster a sense of a language of trust in the negotiation that I do something you do something or you're doing something. I don't totally understand it, but I trust your goodwill. I'm going to try to figure out what it is you're asking. I've got to ask. So you, you have a horse. What's your horse's name? Tell us a little about your horse. My horse's name is Gallardo. He is a Peruvian Paso. Uh, I describe him as a giant heart covered with gray fur. (laughs) Um, He is basically a golden retriever. Nice. In the shape of a horse. (laughs) You know, I I was expecting that you would do this entire interview while riding your horse. I I think that would have uh, made for some good audio. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So thank you so much for joining me today and uh, say hi to Gallardo for me. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, to talk about horses and two of my favorite subjects, horses and negotiation and uh yeah i i hope uh other people get interested and uh find out a little bit more on national horse day all right thank you so much joy let's uh, take a look at our birthdays for today steve buscemi is 63 katherine schwarzenegger is 31 dick van dyke 95 taylor swift she turns 31 today i don't know how that happened. Uh, Ted Nugent is 72. Mary Todd Lincoln was born on this day back in 1818. That's your look at December 13th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're now on Pandora, so you can check us out there as well. If you'd like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, let us know. Go to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.